1: Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller, and you can find me, as always, on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And who is the Market Dominator, you might ask? Well, the Market Dominator is what he likes to call himself a life transition specialist. Well, what does that mean, Joe? Well, what that means is if you've got a big event in your life coming up that involves a move, whether it's in town or moving villages or changing towns, maybe from Kenmore to to West Seneca or West Seneca to Orchard Park or Orchard Park to Amherst or even, goodness, God forbid, you're moving from Buffalo to Florida or Buffalo to California. John Spazchek is a real estate broker who I have used, he's a very good friend of mine. He is, a, He's a real estate broker with the Keller Williams and Keller Williams is the largest real estate agency in the world. How's that for credibility? And John is one of the best in Western New York. Uh, he ranks consistently in the top, I think you're five or 10, right, of all real estate brokers in Western New York. And John is is the guy that you're looking for. If you're looking to buy a home, if you're looking to sell a home, if you're looking to sell a home and buy a home, you want the best guy on your side. That guy is John and his team. Do me a favor. If you're in the market, give John a call. Uh, you can call him on his direct. Sorry, I'm turning my volume down. You can call him on his direct cell phone. It's 716-570-3298. The number again is 716-570-3298. Or you can reach him at E on his email, your elite broker at gmail.com. You can also find him on Twitter. His handle is you at your elite broker. And John is also Bill's Mafia. I want to welcome everybody. I want to welcome everybody that's in the chat, that's in here live with me right now as we are uh, jumping in and doing this thing live. I'm flying solo once again tonight. I know I teased all of you with a, a an episode two of Joe Marino, but Joe had, with the holiday, Joe had some things come up. And that's expected, and that's all right. And he sent me many apologies, and and and, and, and was very remorseful. And I was like, bro, it's good, dude. I totally get it, and I'm totally with it. It's, it's a holiday weekend, and things come up, and family time. And as much as we look forward to the official beginning of summer, and that kind of is, especially in Buffalo, that's what Memorial Day kind of earmarks for us. You know, when you when you step back and you look at what Memorial Day is actually about, I'm not going to fault anybody for spending time with family uh, and doing what they have to do as far as just uh, this holiday goes. So hopefully next week we'll get uh, Big Joe from the Locked On Bills podcast back on the show, and we'll finish up Episode 2 of of ranking, or I should say going through our the, the Buffalo Bills 2021 opponents based on quarterback, based on major additions and subtractions, and then also based on uh, home field advantage or not. But regardless of that, I'm so glad you guys are here. Whether you are a first-time listener or a long-time listener, if you're in the chat right now listening to me live, uh, which is a unique way to listen to a podcast because as much as I'm going to open this up for a couple questions at the end, it's it's kind of like you just kind of sit in and listen and watch me talk into a microphone uh, via YouTube, which is maybe just a little bit strange. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and whether, as I always say, uh, uh, this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee. Uh, on the commute to or from work, at the gym with your AirPods in, or simply watching me live right now on YouTube. But let me just one more time say, welcome. It's so good to have you. Um, I just told you a second ago that Joe Marino is not going to be with us, which is fine. We love Joe. Joe's a good dude. Uh, also, uh, in case I was just talking with Chris Janke, the real Chris Yankee in the chat before the show started, uh, we are literally two months away from uh, the NFL training camp starting. Two months away. Now, they're, they're they're talking about training camps going off this year uh, as per normal. And my expectation, and I'm nobody in this world, my expectation is training camps are going to happen as per normal. Now, what they're going to do about inoculations, vaccination proofs, masks, things like that as it pertains to COVID, I don't know. One thing I do know, August is still a long ways away. And when you look at how fast uh, we are returning to normal, I would expect, it's it's my expectation that we are going to be able to see each other, right, at training camp this year. And I would tell you, all of you, if you've never been to training camp before, go. Make it a point to go. It's a lot of fun. It's a very relaxed situation. You get, you get to see a lot of the players, not completely up close, but definitely not from the upper deck 15 rows up either. Uh, you get to see the players. You kind of get to interact. There's times they'll sign autographs. Uh, it's a really great thing. So I guess that's my first question. Are you going? If training camp happens for the Buffalo Bills this year at St. John Fisher College, like we hope it does, like we expect it does, are you going? And if you are going and if you are a veteran, I've gone to, I, keep in mind now, don't be mad at me. I, I, I lived in Ohio for 13 years. Uh, I've been to, I think, four different training camps. And this was much prior, previous to me being a part of any type of podcasting, group or in doing what i'm doing right now like it literally was me driving up from ohio i would bring my daughter and then driving home uh the last one we went to i believe was 2019 when we would just first move back to buffalo but my question is this are you going and if you are going and you're a veteran of the training camps where are the meetups i want to know where i can meet my bills mafia friends and family everybody that's in the chat all of you that are listening to me Uh, For those of you that don't know, if if you're on Twitter, if you follow me, I follow back everybody. I love the interaction. I'm not into this for clout. I'm not into this uh, to be somebody. I'm not into this for what I would call the celebrity where I want to have like you know 7,000 followers or 8,000 followers and I want to be following 500 people. I'm in this for the interaction. I'm in this for the connection with you, Bill's Mafia, because I am you. I am Bill's Mafia. So where are the meetups? That's what I want to know. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, if you, if you, if you've friended me on Facebook and a lot of you have, uh, or if you're on Twitter, hit me up, whether it's in my DMS or regardless, let me know if you're going this year, even if you have to wait till we get closer and where you're going to be, even if there's a meetup at a bar someplace or a restaurant with a bar, I'm a big sucker for Mexican food, I'm a tequila fan. Uh, if there's a place we can all kind of get together as a group, whatever, get some pictures, hang out, have some talk, talk bills, talk shop, all that kind of stuff. I'm in it. Like I'm down. I want to know where everybody's going to be. I want to get some pictures. I want to meet some people. I'd love to put some faces to the the connections and the friends that I've made so far through not only YouTube but Twitter, Facebook, and all these other places. But uh, two months, can you hold on for two more months? Here's the thing, though: we got OTAs. The second round of OTAs coming up. Uh, I was talking with uh, Isaiah Hodgins today uh, and his 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 wife Maya, and apparently uh, the OTAs are coming up, and then they're going they're leaving town the seventeenth of June. So right after that is going to be the dark days of the off season, right? July. July is the worst time of the year for the off season. They always talk about it being the darkest before the dawn. July is literally they wrote when somebody penned that little saying, it's always darkest before the dawn. They were talking about July. the nfl season because in july nothing happens the players are in mexico they're all over the place nobody's tweeting nobody's on social media there's no news it literally is the dark days of the nfl uh but that time is coming but here's what i want to tell you this is how i want to encourage you i spent many years many 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 years of my life wishing away the summer wishing the month of july away if oh my if we could just get to august if we could just get to August and then and then September to football season, I'm going to caution you, Bills Mafia. I'm going to caution you, fam. Do not wish your summer away. It's going to be hot. It's going to be heavy in the fall. The Buffalo Bills are expected to be good. We expect them to be good. I expect them to go- be good. You expect them to be good. By and large, the national media expects them to be good. I would tell you, do not wish away your summer. Do not wish away July. Just take it as it comes. Uh, enjoy it. All of those good things. Take, be, Spend time with your family. Don't be thinking about football. You can be ex, expectant. You can be anxious. But whatever you do, do not wish away your summer. Please don't do that. Uh, so that's it. So training camp is two months away. Also, the, Ju, the Julio, listen to me. The Julio Jones sweepstakes continues. It's still going on. We've been talking about Julio Jones and where he's going to end up for, what, I don't know, two weeks now? Uh, I don't know necessarily if the Bills are involved. We have beaten that horse to death. Uh, I am on the on the side of would I love to have Julio? Sure. I love Julio Jones. He's a phenomenal football player. He's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, hands down above everybody else. Uh, do I want to pay the price it's going to take to get him? No. Right now, the price I've heard is a first-round draft pick. Uh, many teams are still in. Uh, It was reported today, the day of this recording, live Sunday, uh, that one team is out. That team is the Rams. That's not a surprise. The Rams have no draft capital. They have nothing to trade uh, outside of a player. And if if the Falcons are wanting a first-round draft pick or draft picks in general, that literally puts the Rams completely out of it. Uh, the chat is rolling. Got a whole bunch of people up here in the chat. It's so good to see all of you guys. My guy, Richard Rush. Peter's in here. Chris Janke, as I said. Steve Lynn. Uh, Daniel Gowers is in. Thank you guys so much. And, and that's another thing, too. For those of you, that the, the several thousand of you that listen to this podcast on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, if you want to be a part of the live broadcast, jump in 9 o'clock Sunday nights on YouTube. Uh, Robbie's in the chat. It's so, it's so good to see everybody here and you can be a part of this conversation. You can be a part of what's happening live as they kind of take what I say and run with it a little bit. And then again, I'm going to open it up to some questions at the end, if there are any. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about real quick before I get to kind of the topic of the night or the topic of the day is this pro football focus PFF who has, uh, they were huge Josh Allen haters, huge as we all know. Huge. If you've been a part of social media or if you've been on social media, PFF is huge Josh Allen haters forever. And then they went through the whole process and and they did the whole thing this past season when Josh Allen was like going off and he was on fire. He was in fuego and they signed the Josh Allen apology form. And I'm now a believer, blah, 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 blah. Well, what they've done is they've now come out and there's two posts in particular. I'm not going to talk about the the interview where the one guy is talking about Josh Allen's arrogance and how his arrogance is going to hurt him because he's going to revert back to, I can make every throw, and it's going to put him into bad situations, and he's a chaos manager, and yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to talk about that. What I want to talk about is PFFs put out a tweet where they predicted Josh Allen's 2021 stats, and they predicted, if you're listening, pay attention, in a 17-game season, uh, 4,690 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, and eight rushing touchdowns. Just so you know, Josh Allen threw for a little over 4,500 passing yards in 20, uh, 2020. He had 36 passing touchdowns, and he had, again, eight rushing touchdowns. And the question that I want to ask you, whether you're, you're in the chat watching me live right now or if you're listening to this later as it's posted as, as a podcast, where does that sit with you? Where does 4690 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. Where does that sit with you in your heart? And not not in a 16-game season, where if we're going to talk about the season and how it lays out, so let's just assume that this year, 2021, Josh Allen is not going to have a hurt left shoulder where he's wearing a brace on his body, on his left shoulder, which clearly affected his throwing motion and, and affected his, his ability to come through. How does 4690, 30 passing TDs, eight rushing TDs, a bit of a regression when you add a 17th game, so there's one extra game, right? One extra game, and if we're talking about Josh Allen not being injured. Oh, and by the way, Josh Allen is also, also the benefactor. Of a relatively easy schedule. If you look at our schedule this season, there's nobody that's going to look at that schedule and be like, oh my gosh, man, we, we are like up against it. Yes, we've got the Bucs. Yes, we've got the AFC East, which is one of the tougher divisions in the NFL. Yes, there's some tough games on there. But by and large, the Buffalo Bills have one of the easiest, if not the easiest, schedule in the NFL. There's a lot of wins on that schedule. And I'm not looking here for like slight and I'm not wanting to piss anybody off and I'm not trying to like make you guys get mad at PFF and like like chirp back at them. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm asking you is for real, where in your heart do you find Josh Allen landing in 2021? Are we expecting are we Bills Mafia expecting a plateau or regression year? There's a lot of conversation out there right now. For some reason, Josh Allen went from being the redheaded stepchild, and I can speak to that because I am one. He was the redheaded stepchild of the NFL, and he he went from that to being the golden boy last year in 2021. And for some reason over the last month or so, he has once again returned to kind of being the guy that people want to hate on. Who are you going to take, Josh or Dak Prescott? I'm going to take Dak. Who are you going to take, Josh or you know this guy? I'm going to take that guy. If you're going to trade Josh for anybody, who are you going to take? Like, there's been a lot of just weird hate out there, and I don't I don't necessarily get it. So where are we at, Bills Mafia? I don't see 46.90 passing. I see 5,000 passing yards. I don't see 30 passing touchdowns. I don't see 36. I'm probably in that 40 plus ballpark, which means that legit Judge Mathis needs to be getting a tattoo on his hindquarters, because I don't think he's done it yet. He's now married. By the way, by the way, congratulations to Steve Mathis, to Judge Mathis from Buffalo Fanatics uh, and from the Air Raid Hour. He did finally get married. Uh, Much love to you and to your new wife. Uh, Many happy years to you, bro. Love you with all of my heart. Uh, And for those of you that don't know, I have a special place in my heart for Steve uh steve is the one that brought me into the game as far as into fanatics uh last year and invited me to join their network uh it was the very beginning of 2020 i believe or the end of 2019 so i've got a lot of i've got a lot of love for both tilt and judge but congratulations judge on the nuptials i know you're probably not listening but uh if if this gets to you congratulations love you bro but what are we expecting are we expecting a plateau? Or are we expecting a regression year? Is there going to be one? I'm sure it's, there's no world where Josh Allen is going to continue like to, to like progress. Like he, he doesn't have a ceiling. Josh Allen has a ceiling. I don't know what it is. I can tell you this. If Josh Allen's 2020 is his ceiling, I'm not upset about it. He played, he had a really freaking good football year. If you put it up against other years, it was an MVP-type season. There was just a couple guys that, unfortunately, this season in 2020 had a better year than he did, right? But when you consider what he did in 2020 with no offseason, so 2020, he has no offseason, right, because of COVID. The Buffalo Bills go and get him a brand-new wide receiver, not a rookie but a veteran in Stephon Diggs. There's no OTAs. There's no mini camps. There's no nothing like that. Yes, they did some things that are questionable, and there were fans last year when this thing was at its height when we were really concerned and nobody really knew anything about COVID and people were upset that the the players were getting together and practicing, but they were getting together and practicing. But outside, they had no real organized team anything. There was no playbooks that were being distributed. There was no coaching necessarily conversations, although I think there was, even as I say that, I think there was some conversation about how Josh – had an iPad and there was like one of the coaches was on the phone and like he was calling or he was getting, I don't even know. My point is, is there was no coaches on the field. There was no organized team activity. So when you consider what he did in 2020 with no offseason, no preseason. Yes. They had, they, they got together and they practiced, but it was completely out of rhythm, right? Restricted gatherings and guidelines. Everything that they did was completely different in 2020 than what they were used to every year prior. When you consider what Josh Allen went through in this football team and this offense in general in 2020, I just don't see a situation where Josh Allen has a plateau or a regression year. Oh, but Joe, there's going to be fans in the stands and they're going to be yelling. And he's going to have a hard time checking in and out. Well, that's not just him. That's everybody. That's everybody. And let's not forget, as much as it wasn't Arrowhead and it wasn't, you know, the Seattle Seahawks or one of those stadiums or even Ralph Wilson Stadium, Rich Stadium, Bill Stadium, whatever you want to call it, Highmark Field, they were pumping crowd noise into those stadiums. Was it enough to disrupt them? I don't know that answer. But I'm not going to also buy into this concept that because there's going to be fans in the stands that somehow Josh Allen's going to regress all of a sudden that somehow, you know, oh, well, we saw him in the Kansas City Chiefs game. There were 17,000 fans in that stadium and and Josh Allen had a really hard time. Really? Was it Josh Allen or was it the whole freaking team? Because I can watch that football game back again and tell you that uh, Josh Allen put up a lead in that football game and the defense collapsed. Right? Right. I mean, Pat Mahomes turned into Pat Mahomes in that football game. And then the pressing began. I don't think that was because of the fans. Did the fans play a part? Sure. I just don't think that when we consider everything we saw in 2020, I just don't see a world where we look at that and we expect Josh Allen to plateau or regress. I could be wrong. And a big part of that is the subject of tonight's show or today's show, which is the word continuity 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 is another one of those words and we get it a lot in the off season we get it we get it a ton in the off season it's a word much like momentum it's a word much like culture and what's funny about the word momentum is there's a lot of people that are ready to just cast it off there's a lot of people that are ready to cast off the word culture but everybody that talks about football and talks about the NFL and talks about this type of stuff seems to buy into this concept of continuity I don't know if I do. I don't know if I don't. I'm going to talk to you about some things. I'm going to give you some things to think about. I don't know that it's going to sway your opinion one way or the other. When when, when I finish this show, you're not going to be like, that's it. I'm a continuity believer. Conversely, I don't think that you're going to, when I finish this show, be like, that's it. I'm not a continuity believer. Like, I don't know. Continuity, for me, seems to be one of those words that has a great deal of escapism for football teams or professional professional teams in general, just like momentum, just like culture. Continuity sometimes is a big thing. Sometimes continuity is not a big thing. Sometimes continuity is important. Sometimes continuity is the worst thing that happened to a team. Sometimes winning teams need a change. Right? Sometimes winning teams need to change. How many times, if continuity was the most important thing, if continuity was this end-all, be-all of things, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to talk about the good parts of continuity as well, but if it was the most end-all, be-all thing, continuity, then wouldn't you expect that every single time a team won the Super Bowl, that they would at least be back in the championship game or be a winning team the next season? How many times do we see a team win the Super Bowl, have a f- fantastic year? How about the Washington Redskins? For those of you that are that are, that are listening to me right now that aren't old enough to remember, the, the Giants beat the Buffalo Bills, made it to the Super Bowl, beat the Bills with Jeff, Hess, Jeff, Jeff Hostetler. Didn't return the next year. The Washington Redskins. The Buffalo Bills to this day claim, even after being throttled by the Dallas Cowboys the next year, 52-17 to or whatever that number was, they still claim that the best football team they ever played was the Washington Redskins team of the 1991 season, with Mark Rippon as the quarterback. Mark Rippon was out of football not long after that football game. Where was the continuity? They brought almost the whole team back. I mean, like... They, they, they destroyed everybody the year before they beat the Buffalo Bills, who were one of the best football teams in the, the world at the time. Where was the continuity? And then you look at other situations with continuity, like the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, when you got Jordan and Pippen, and like they go to three in a row, you remove Jordan from the situation. They can't win a basketball game. You put Jordan back in. Guess what? They win a bunch of championships. How about the New England Patriots? Probably the best the best example that you can come at about the word continuity would be Bill Belichick, right, and Tom Brady. And then there's little tiny things that kind of matriculate in the middle of all that of like, well, which parts are important with continuity? I don't know. But we're going to have a very short conversation. Not very short. We're going to have a decent length conversation here for a couple minutes about continuity because we're about to hear a lot about it. Brandon Bean said last year that he felt that the continuity of his football team, even with the COVID year, if there was going to be a a season in 2020, the continuity of his football team was going to help his team. Dare I say it didn't. When you think back to 2019, and you think back to what the Buffalo Bills were, who they were as a football team, The only semblance of continuity that came out and showed itself in 2020 is probably Brian Dayball and Josh Allen. The defense was a shell of itself, 2019 to 2020. The offensive line was a shell of itself, 2019 to 2020. Devin Singletary was a shell of itself, 2019 to 2020. Stephon Diggs was not a Buffalo Bill in 2019, and he was in 2020. Is it a real thing? I I don't know what the answer is. I know that the Buffalo Bills have a lot going for them in 2021 as it pertains to continuity, as do a team like the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We all know, because every, everybody that's listening to me listens often, and those of you that are watching me right now watch often, we all know that the Buffalo Bills are returning 21 of 22 starters and arguably... The one different guy, Emmanuel Sanders, is possibly potentially in a slight upgrade from John Brown, who we all love. Right? The Buccaneers are returning 22 of 22 starters. We going to talk about insanity. That's insane. 22 of 22 starters. Continuity is going to be put to the test in Tampa this year. If continuity be true, right, the Buccaneers should win the Super Bowl in 2021, and they might. If continuity be true in 2021, it should be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs again in the Super Bowl. But when you look at 2019 to 2020, specifically at the O-line versus the 2020 O-line, 2019 to 2020, the Bills brought back four of the play four of their players, their offensive starters, and signed a veteran in Daryl Williams, who quite possibly outplayed. <laughs> Chris Jenke says no boho this year, <laughs> boho mojo nomo, love it. Um. They, they brought in Darrell Williams, who quite possibly outplayed every other member of the Buffalo Bills offensive line. Now, I know that there was a lot of injuries. I know that there was a lot of interchanging. I know there was a lot of guys that practice well and bring their lunch pails and are processed guys that got put in on Sundays that weren't good enough to play on Sundays, and those changes got made, which helped the offensive line. But the Buffalo Bills also changed their run schemes. Well, where does run scheme or, or just different game planning changes come into this whole continuity conversation? What if you're running the same exact offense for five years and then all of a sudden the offensive coordinator says, hey, you know what? I want to change the run scheme. Is continuity out the window? Probably. What if you have a preseason or you don't have a preseason? What if you've got a new running back and a guy named Zach Moss? Who, by the way, I met Zach Moss today. Legit. Met Zach Moss. He's listed at 5'9". My man is not 5'9". I'm six feet tall, and and my guy was almost as tall as I am. So, Pro Football Focus and Pro Football Reference and all these places that have him listed at five nine, they need to fix their stats because that dude is every bit of five ten and a half, five eleven. He's almost as tall as I am. I was surprised. I, w- I was expecting him to be short, and he was not. I was like, "Whoa, that's a big dude." <laughs> Sidebar. Sorry, rabbit trail. And in regards to 2019 to 2020, you have to have a conversation getting back on point. You have to have a conversation about the emergence of Josh Allen and Josh Allen, how much of has played a part in Josh Allen or how much of Josh Allen's emergence comes from Josh Allen's, what do you want to call it? His, 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 his mindset, his, his eagerness to learn his, his competitiveness, his ability to learn his ceiling, his, you know, everything, everything catching up to his talent, to his ability and all of it beginning to mesh. I don't have that answer. Another thing that has to be considered. I'm out of, I'm out of water. Another thing that has to be considered when we talk about 2021 in the offensive line, and I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I'm staying in the offense. Is the offensive line right now as it's scheduled, penciled to be is actually really stout and really good when you've got Deion Dawkins at left tackle, Cody Ford at left guard, Mitch Morse at center, Feliciano at right guard, Darrell Williams at right uh, uh, right tackle, that looks really solid. When you look at that on paper, I, that is encouraging to me. That, to me, looks like 5,500 yards from Josh Allen and 45 touchdowns. Solid offensive line, solid. Well, where does continuity come into play? Well, these guys have never played a single snap together, never once. And from that, you can probably determine that the preseason is going to be huge for these guys. Huge injuries are going to play a big part for this football team, especially on the offensive line. Now we've got a great backup or I should say bench situation between Ike Butker and even the new kid Spencer long and this or some other guys there too, but continuity doesn't, isn't really going to play a role necessarily inside of this offensive line until probably about week four or week five. And then you have to consider or figure, well, what are they going to do as it pertains to the run game? Are they going to go back to 2019 push and pull or pit and pull rather? Are they going to try to run their wide zone in 2020, which did not work? Albeit not with these guys all together, but it didn't work with all of them kind of in and out of the lineup at some point in time together. It's an interesting concept. It's an, it's, it's something to think about. It. Like I said, we're going to be talking about We're going to be listening to, I should say, people talk about continuity legitimately for the next three months. By the way, for those of you that are listening to me right now, I literally wrote this continuity script, this outline. I wrote this about a month and a half ago. And when uh, Joe Marino told me he was unable to make it for the show, I was like, man, I got I got this thing ready to go. but I literally sat down on my computer one night and just typed this whole thing out on continuity. I was like, this is solid. Like continuity is one of them words that we use. So is it real? Is it perceived? Does leveraging continuity make it easier or harder to further open the playbook? That's a fun question. We hear that all the time. Well, the quarterback's been in this system for three years now or two years now, and they're finally going to open the playbook up to him. Do they? Seems to me the things that I've also learned from watching football and listening to football is the best situations are when the quarterback gets to tell the offensive coordinator the plays that he likes to run and the things he likes. And they begin to shape the offense around the quarterback. I don't have these answers. I'm not I'm not sitting here in some sort of throne of knowledge that I know what I'm talking about. I'm literally just asking questions. The amount of question marks that are on this outline right now is, is alarming. I just want to know, is it real or is it perceived? I don't have these answers. And I would guess that it's not a single answer every time that like every time that the answer is the right and and the answer is the same. I think history has proven to us that there's no situation where this is the answer. If you've got a great head coach and a great quarterback, you can do a lot of great things. We've seen that happen. We've also seen the opposite. We've seen teams go to the Super Bowl and win and struggle. What about the Atlanta Falcons? The Atlanta Falcons went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and had a pretty good season. Returned pretty much everybody, right? Crap the bed, the head coach gets fired, and now Julio Jones wants out. One of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Continuity. I'm not going to sit here and downplay it either. I love the fact that Josh Allen has been with Brian Dable as long as he has. I love the fact that You know, some of these guys, Beasley's been with him as long as he has. I love the fact that Dawson Knox has been with with him as long as he has. Now, the defense, on the other hand, I don't know the continuity has helped the defense too much. And there is as much continuity as there is in the linebacking core in the defensive backfield. There is no continuity outside of Jerry Hughes, right, on the defensive line. So now we're in a mishmash of continuity. Some of us have it. Some of us don't. Well, you would think that continuity puts you in a position where if I know the guy that's on my right and I know the guy that's on my left and I know the guy that's behind me or the guy that's in front of me, I know how he's going to react and how he's going to respond. I've watched him do it enough. I know that if he gets this look, he's going to do this thing. I know that if, if the guy that he's covering does this, that he's going to do this and it's going to allow me to do that. And it gets you into that position of not having to think when you play. And we've all heard that too. That the biggest enemy, the greatest enemy to playing in the NFL is thinking. That you are at your best. You're at your most free. You're at your, you, like, your your talent is maximized when you're no longer thinking. You're just reacting. Your talent is reacting to what you're seeing. I would guess that continuity plays a huge part in that. Daniel Gower says in the comment, Atlanta never had the culture that Buffalo has now. That's actually huge. And for some reason, it won't let me pull it up. Hang on a second. That's actually really, really huge. Like, amazing, that that comment. Because culture is another one of those words. We just talked about it. Culture is another one of those words. Culture is a word like continuity, like momentum. Regardless, when you think about continuity inside of football teams, and I can see people correcting me, and that's fine. I love you guys, and I love the fact that some of you know more about this stuff than I do. It's great. But every situation is different, and I think that's what you learn from it. But inside every situation, you've got player mindsets. mindsets rather. You've got arrogance. You've got entitlement. What happens when a team comes back from having a great winning season? Player X has a a blow-up season, and he turns into one of the best at his position in the league, and he comes back with a little bit of a sense of entitlement. Hey, man, I've arrived. I don't need to work as hard as I worked last year. What does that do to continuity? What happens if, if and that's a culture thing too, right? So culture clearly, we can probably define to that point, Daniel, that culture is somehow connected to continuity, right? We talk about humble and hungry. That was a big word last year, a big phrase last year from, from Sean McDermott, humble and, humble and hungry, stay humble, stay hungry. Another big phrase that we hear out of this this coaching staff and from these players is being the best version of themselves. I just want to be the best version of myself where, well, my question is, is how much winning do you get to where all of a sudden the player A thinks, I am the best version of myself. I'm just trying to make you think, fam. I'm not telling you I'm right. I'm not telling you I'm wrong. I'm just trying to make you think. Every situation is different. Every year is different. Injuries. The fact that teams catch up to you. As much as continuity change is probably the enemy of continuity, even inside the organization, inside of game planning. The the fact is you have to change. How many times in 20 years do we see the Patriots organization change philosophies, both on defense and offense? I mean, they were, you know, Tom Brady, when he started in the NFL was a dink and dunk quarterback. He was not the, the Tom Brady that we saw in the prime of his career. And when that kind of got slowed or whatever, they be changed to that two tight end set thing with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk that nobody could cover and nobody could stop. And they destroyed people with it. And they went back to, and there was times when they had like kind of run focused offenses, but Tom Brady was still Tom Brady. And now they've gone back to kind of that without Tom Brady, they're trying to look back to the past to that two tight end concept that nobody can stop. So that makes me ask that question too, is change truly the enemy of continuity? I don't know. Welcome to the mind of Joe Miller. (laughs) You guys hear my voice all the time. (laughs) So this is the stuff that goes on in my brain. As I'm watching footballs, I'm watching Bill's games from 2020 or whatever that I've got recorded. I'm like, hmm, (laughs) this is what I think I think. And then I begin to take notes and I challenge myself. (laughs) Chris Jakey says he's not correcting me. He's gently directing. Chris. Bro, if if I ever have the opportunity to to get you into one of these shows as a producer to provide me information and feed me information, bro, believe me, that's going to happen. Every time every time I'm grasping at straws for information, Chris is hot. He's got it every time. That's the real Chris Janky people. It's so funny. Every situation is different, every year is different. Coaching changes happen or as we said, schemes change. So when I say coaching changes, I don't necessarily mean that a coach changes. I mean, a coach decides one day, hey, we've got this different. We want to do something different. There's also opportunities, as we saw probably my guess in 2020, where coaches outthink themselves a little bit and they get a little bit cute. My guess is, is Brian Dable prefers the wide zone scheme over pin and pull. Well, I've got my guys in this in this scheme. They've been it for three years. They know what's going on. It's time to unleash the playbook. It's time to open the playbook and give them what I really want to do. Here it is, fellas. We're going to do the wide zone. Regardless of the fact that I don't have running backs that can play it, we're going to do the wide zone. What happens? You end up with a running game that you can't rely on at all, ever. Sounds like continuity's bad. <laughs> I would definitely not say that. Continuity is a good thing. And I would I would lean on continuity and towards continuity more than I would lean away from it. But I think it has to be tempered and I think it has to be more directed at what we're talking about as it pertains to continuity. Continuity in a head coach is incredibly incredibly important. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. Continuity in a good head coach, a good, not a continuity in a bad head coach, continuity in a good head coach. We hope to see Sean McDermott be the longest tenured head coach in Buffalo Bills history. It is my hope, dream, and wish, because I love the man, that in 15 years when my daughter's having kids, that they know who Sean McDermott is because he's still the head coach of the Buffalo Bills because he's good. Continuity, good. Mike Tomlin, continuity, good. Bill Belichick, continuity, good. Marvin Lewis, continuity, bad. 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 Continuity. I don't even know if any of this is landing with you. I'm just basically vibing off on my notes right now. So I apologize if this is missing and if it's pissing you off, just turn it, just turn it off. There'll be a better show next week when Joe, Joe Marino's on. So coaching changes happen. Or as we said, the schemes change coaches outthink themselves. They have a tendency to potentially get cute. Cultures can be different. How does winning, I asked this a second ago, how does winning change a culture? We think it changes it positively. When you've got a team like the Buffalo Bills who were garbage for 20 years and every head coach that came in and talked about how we're going to change the culture, which is why radio stations in town said culture's not a real thing because every head coach says it it, and none of them do it. It wasn't a matter that it wasn't a real thing. Those coaches just didn't know how to do it. So we think positive. Winning changes the culture. We have a culture of winning. Therefore, we want to keep that culture of winning, which lends to continuity. But can a winning culture create negative, a negative effect? Maybe. The reality is this, the expectations and assumptions will most certainly be different for this football team in 2021. We all feel it. We all, we all went into 2020 saying, you know what we should, we, the goal this year is to be the AFC East champions and we're going to win a playoff game. That was the goal. And we were all a little bit, we had a little, we were a little, you know, on edge about it. it, it that, you know, that's what I think the goal is. If they don't, it could still be a good season, but, and we had some, we had some butts in there. Right. And it's totally different in 2021. That has totally changed in 2021. You tell me, you sit there and tell me right now that your expectations for this football team have not changed for 2021 compared to what they were in 2020. And what I mean by that is your confidence in who this football team is or can be or should be. It's different. I love that comment, Richard Rush. Richard Rush says, even with continuity, you have to evolve. That's what our coaches have done even to a detriment. I would tell you that Brian Dable's move to the wide zone run scheme was a a detriment to this football team. But they are willing to evolve. That's absolutely true. I'm going to wrap it up, and I would tell you this. Overall, I'm buying into. Buying into the continuity mindset. Specifically for Allen and the playbook. I said this a couple minutes ago. As long as Dable doesn't change schemes wholly, in the passing game, much like he did with the run game last year. Realistically, however, we are going to face coaching changes on this football team. Not this year, probably. Specifically in the coordinator roles. How is this team going to react? And I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because, like Joe, you're talking about stuff like 2021 or 2022 off season. Like I don't want to be. I want to live in the. I want to live in the 2021 space. Well. Humor me a little bit. It's the off season and I don't have a lot to talk about, but begin to ask yourself, how is this team going to react to coordinator roles or coordinators changing? Is McDermott and Bean going to hire from within, they're going to hire from out the outside. I don't have these answers. Changes are going to come to this roster. The most exciting thing about being Brandon Bean is he gets to build a roster, but it's also incredibly challenging. As players like Josh Allen develop and Tremaine Evans Ell- uh, uh, d- develops, and they and they and they garner gigantic contracts, we're expecting Josh Allen's contract to be in the three hundred to four hundred million dollar range. More money against the cap to him, less money spread around to the other players. Allen is going to have to do more with less. That goes back to the window thing. Another one of those words: culture, momentum, continuity, window, right? Allen will have to do more with less, and so will the coaches. Continuity probably plays a big, pretty big factor, along with culture in that situation. You have to hope as well that the players who get those huge contracts, Tremaine Edmonds, Trey White, Josh Allen, Ed Oliver maybe, right? Stephon Diggs, that they're going to elevate the play of the players around them as well. I'm going to leave you with this, and I'm going to ask you guys if you have any questions, or I'll run through the chat real quick. We'll hang on for a couple more minutes. Change comes for everyone. Listen to me. Change comes for everyone. Eventually, it's going to come for Allen and McDermott. And I don't mean that Allen's going to change and McDermott's going to change. What I'm saying is the stuff, the pieces around them, the stuff that they have to play with, the continuity markers around them eventually is going to change. How they respond to it is going to determine a lot. I expect them to respond very well to it. Very well. Because the men I see in them impresses me a lot. But I would leave you with this. Enjoy this football year. Enjoy this football year. 2021 is going to be a, a season for Bills fans to just last year, as amazing as it was, 2020, and we were all in shock living in hashtag wildest dreams land, 2021 is a year of expectation. The Buffalo Bills are slated as one of the best three to five teams in the NFL. Josh Allen is slated as one of the best three to five quarterbacks in the NFL. The, the Buffalo Bills are no longer. Basement dwellers, they're expected to win their division, they're expected to go to the playoffs, they're expected to go to the AFC championship game. This is a season for Bills fans to enjoy. Enjoy the ride, Bills Mafia. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been watching and listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Any questions out there? I appreciate you guys hanging a lot, hanging on as long as you have. You guys are like listening to me monologue here for quite a bit, uh, which is a little bit different. But uh, I love this from Stephen Lynn. "Culture reflects leadership. Winning with great leadership inge- uh, injects confidence. Winning with questionable leadership creates arrogance and laziness." I.e., the Eagles. That is fantastic. A great thing about culture as well. And I, I said this last week on the Humpty Hotline. If you have not gotten a chance to go back and listen to the interview with Jay Spence the King and Carlos Williams. Listen to him talk about the differences between culture between Rex Ryan, right? The team that he played with, with, the, with the Bills as a rookie and then the culture with Mike Tomlin. It's fascinating. And it literally goes with what you just said. Uh, Richard Rush says, In the mindset, Coach Allen Diggs, Beasley, uh, Beasley, Poyer, Hyde, uh, Trey, they work too hard not to improve. It's super good. Chris Jenke, number one, here's a good example of continuity and evolution. We brought back Quentin Spain for a continuity last year. Love this. I love where you're going. Hope you're going where I think you're going. The following year, our offense changed from run heavy to pads uh, heavy, and Spain and struggled absolutely in pass protection. He was eventually let go. There's a great deal of con- like confusion for me as to why Quentin Spain got a got a, like a new contract and it was bounced for Brian Winters of all people. But you have to assume that it's about his mobility, his his ability to execute that wide zone, which he was not able to do, which put him on the outs based on a scheme change. So when we talk about, when we hear Brandon Bean say, after he signs Quentin Spain, I like the continuity on our offense or on our team, and I think it's going to help us out. And then by week two or three, one of your big continuity pieces aren't even on the football field anymore. And they're putting, they're trucking a guy out there that is getting beat so bad, he's collapsing the entire side of his line with him. Where's continuity in that conversation, (laughs) right? Right? Richard Rush says, uh, COVID brought a lot of things into perspective. I think we need, at least I need, to meet my mafia family. Oh, you're getting back to training camp, bro. Let's go. Come on, Richard Rush. Training camp sounds like a good time. Uh, That's not game time. Tailgating drunk. Laugh out loud. Uh, Christian, says, I rewatched some of those Spain early games and he really struggled in pass protection. He's so much better a run blocker. That's absolutely true. And that's probably why the run game suffered a little bit. If you ask me, I would, uh, would not disagree with that necessarily at all. I'm gonna scroll up here a little bit and just see what we kind of got going on. This is good. Steven Lynn says, is it change? Or he asks, is it change or is it metamorphosis is continuity or consistency? Is it rather continuity or consistency in chemistry? Dude, synergy is a real thing. Synergy is a real thing, and I think that's the question that you're asking. Some players have synergy. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have synergy, right? The two of them together are thunder and lightning. It, it just works. J.P. Losman and Lee Evans had synergy. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Stevie Johnson had synergy. There's a synergy there. So that I love that comment. That's actually fantastic. Fantastic. He also says, uh, Steve Lynn says, uh, do you think we are changing our defensive scheme since we did not add uh, to our one tech depth? It's basically star. They only had a one tech guy in 2019 as well. A single one, one tech guy, I should say. I don't know that they're changing their scheme. I think they like the ability to be multiple on that off on that defensive line. And what I mean by that is when they want to be one technique and have Star out there to gobble up blocks and cut at Oliver loose or cut whoever loose, they can do it. And when they don't, when they want to have men run run free, that's where Groot comes in. And that's where Boogie Basham comes in. And they're going to line these guys up inside. And they're going to basically try to run by offense, fat offensive lineman, I think is what they're going to do. So no, I don't think the defensive scheme is going to change. I think it's still the McDermott defense that's predicated upon that Star LaToule player and then that. Luke Kuechly guy, right? The big, uh, tie, uh, I'm sorry, the big linebacker guy, and then a solid, uh, formidable, trustworthy defensive backfield. I think literally that's what they're going to do, or that's what they're trying to do. So I don't, I wouldn't expect too big of a change. That's just me, though. Uh, I don't know that Harry's a one tech. Richard Rush asks or says Harry's a one tech. He will be a beast this year. Book it uh the game in against the Bengals in fact where he got hurt uh he was playing uh in the the, the play that he got hurt he was playing three technique if I'm not mistaken I was uh, it was on my side of the field um Chris Jenke asked Joe are you happy with Josh having similar stats this year that he had last year if we are up 50 to three at half and playing Trubisky <laughs> well if we're up 50 to three he's gonna have those stats is he not I mean, wouldn't the expectation if we've scored 50 points, Josh has thrown five touchdowns in a game at that point in time. Um, yes, this is true. He also, Chris Jenke also says Harry can play both. He's not a true one tech. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, what have we been on here? We've been on here for 52 minutes. Who's going to training camp this year? Anybody going to training camp? You guys got plans? Anybody going to make a trip? I don't know how many of you are in Buffalo or not. I know I'm in I'm in Buffalo, obviously, in Lakeview. Um Richard Rush is is determined bound and determined to come to a football game this year. I know uh uh what you would call it, uh Saxa Dave uh from uh Europe is is gonna be at the home opener. I know there's a lot of people coming to football games this year. Um not necessarily sure who's coming in or who's not. Richard Rush uh says Harry is 61307 and stars six three 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 fifteen. Uh it's not about size and measurements. Rich, it's not about them being the same size or not being the same size. Playing that position is about a technique. It's about how you play the position. uh So yeah, but uh if it's at Fisher, oh, Chris Yankee's in Rochester. Well, bro, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to meet up. We're gonna have to get a beer and uh, bro hug a little bit. So I'm all about the bro hugs. So with this COVID stuff being hopefully on its way out, I'm gonna be hugging all kinds of people. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hugging the mafia, if you will. So. Uh, I can't get my thing to scroll here. I got a new mouse and the mouse is not working. There it goes. Mm. Sean Courtney from earlier says the guard we got from the Chargers who played college football at Western Kentucky. He's been a starter for a few years in the league. I like having that available to step in anytime I do as well. I don't know necessarily how it's going to shake out. That's the thing about this football team. Where does, that's a great question. Where does roster depth come into play with continuity? Because I don't think the two necessarily connect like a puzzle piece, like your fingers connect together. But there's something to be said for winning and for being a formidable offense or formidable defense or just a very solid coached, cultured football team. Roster depth gives you the talent that you need to keep a winning culture and winning continuity together, even though they might be different puzzle pieces. Does that make any sense? Forrest Lamp is the guy, yes. Chris Jenke on it, as always. First gotta find out where camp is uh and where or if fans have access. So it's 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 gonna be if it's gonna be anywhere, it's gonna be at St. John Fisher College. If there is training camp. If there's not, it'll be back at uh Highmark Stadium, whatever it's called. I hate that, but it is what it is. It's only yeah, Richard Rush says, I've decided now I'm coming up. Uh I've decided just now I'm coming up. It's only a six and a half hour drive. Bro, get up here. <laughs> I live not far from Zanesville for a long time. Get your butt up here. It's not that far. It's an easy drive. Get yourself some beef on wax, some chicken wings, and a fish fry. <laughs> That's what we do up here in this town. Pizza too. Don't forget the pizza. So, uh, Apex, welcome in. I don't know if you're still hanging on, but uh, it's good to see you, bro. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut you guys loose. It's it's Memorial Day. Uh, keep in mind that as much as I said at the top of the show that it generally marks the the the, the beginning of summer. Memorial Day is a very important day in the history of our nation. Uh, what it means, it's not about bikinis and beer. It's not about beaches. It's not about cornhole. It's about understanding and reflecting and remembering those that gave their lives to include a former Buffalo Bill. uh, I believe it's Bob Kalsu uh, who who gave his life in combat for this country. So tomorrow, wherever uh, you are or on Monday, uh, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday or on Tuesday, whatever. But uh, on Monday, on Memorial Day, if you can hear my voice, whether it's Sunday night or Monday, wherever this finds you, make sure you take a moment just to think. Think about what your freedom means to you. Think about what this country means to you. Think about what the rights and the privileges and everything that comes with what we've been given. That's what I said, what we've been given as Americans. And then say a little bit of a prayer. Even if you're not a praying person, say a little bit of a prayer of gratitude. I'm not talking about praying for necessarily, but say a prayer of gratitude for the men and women that have given their lives in service to this country. But uh, I hope this one where they find you guys happy and healthy and whole. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, Steve Lin, I'm in for bocce's pizza. So, but ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to, as I said a moment ago, uh, the overreaction sports podcast uh, brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings podcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction sports podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. As always, if you follow me, i'm uh, pretty much guaranteed to follow you back and i will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn so uh jump on twitter jump over to twitter if you don't have a twitter yet make a twitter there's a lot of great bills content over on twitter but i appreciate everybody joining me tonight uh for this show and uh for those of you that are listening uh after it posts as a podcast i appreciate you guys listening uh we're two months away guys two months away but uh with that I love you guys. I thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully with Joe Marino, I got to confirm with him for sure that next week is going to work for him as well. We we had confirmed for this week and then it didn't work out, which is not a big deal. Uh, But hopefully we'll be on for next week for the second half of that episode, episode two. But until then, I will see you guys on Wednesday for the Hump Day Hotline, 9 p.m. Be there or be square. Love you guys. Go Bills.